hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thanks for listening. This is Your Tech Life, episode 206. Uh, coming to you from a different studio, a different setup. I'm selling the house. We're moving into a new house. It's just... It's just... But you'll bear with me while we get through the bugs and issues that are moving a whole little studio and creating it all over again. We're here um, each and every week to bring you the latest in technology, to help you with technology and try and tell you about some cool things happening in technology. And it's all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technologies. I'll tell you about them a little later in the show. And don't forget, say no to Bill Shop and yes to Optus My Plan, the mobile plan that flexes to help keep your excess fees down. Visit optus.com.au forward slash my plan for details. So much to talk about on this week's show. Um, I want to talk about social media and, and the privacy settings. It is a nightmare, don't you think? If someone says to you, hey, don't forget to adjust your Facebook privacy settings, make them, make them more restrictive, open them up, whatever it is, it's actually bloody hard to do. Um, they're, they're not the easiest pages in the world to get through. But what are you doing with Google Plus? What are you doing with Twitter? How, how are your settings configured and what should you be doing differently? We'll talk, to, um, we'll talk to a special guest later on. A company that has software to help you do that. And you'll be surprised where it comes from. I'll give you a tip. Antivirus. Plus, we love our sport. We love our music. We love our events. Scalping tickets. Is it legal? I, I believe it is. But only a certain way. And um, uh, it's, it's difficult. You don't want to be buying tickets from random people on street corners or even, frankly, on websites that doesn't give you the credibility to know who they are. Well, there's a solution to that, and I'll tell you more about that shortly. Uh, and we'll speak to the CEO and co-founder of, of a website that's helping with that. Plus, it's iPhone week. Uh, Samsung have tried to steal a little bit of the limelight with a couple of product announcements and price announcements here for Australia with the Galaxy Note 3 and the Ga- Galaxy Gear Watch. I had a look at those today, and I'll tell you what I think and about their pricing a little later. All here on Your Tech Life. Get in touch. Give me a call, 1-800-157-157, or you can go to the website, eftm.com.au. Well, it is the big week, and you're either listening just before it comes out or or it's about to come out, or just after it's come out. But the iPhone 5S and 5C, available Friday the 20th of September at 8 a.m. at Apple stores and, and major telcos as well. Um, you know, it's interesting. I'm not sure there is the same amount of hype as there normally is. Um, what does this mean for Apple? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure it's the end of Apple, let me tell you that. These are great products. Um, the pre-sales haven't been announced, which is unusual for Apple. Um, but word on the street is that they're doing quite well. Um, and I expect there will be at least a few people lining up on Friday morning for one. So what does it mean, though, at a carrier level? The pricing is getting a bit of a beat-up, um, or copying a beating, I should say, uh, in the tech media anyway. Too expensive, not enough data. I don't know. I'd love to know what you think. I certainly want to know what plans you sign up for or what phone you sign up for, because I think the, the plans are reasonably okay. Um, I'm on a 1.5 gig data plan, and, and I do hit that pretty much every month, about 22 days in, um, and I normally just add a data pack on. But I'm not upgrading to the next level plan because I can add the data pack for 5 bucks or 10 bucks. If I upgrade my plan, I'm stuck into that every month. So that's why, and not because they're, they're advertising, but that's why the Optus plan is very cool. It allows you to bump up but then re- resort back down to where you were. And Vodafone has data packs you can add on, and then their red plans, you can go up through them very easily. 
Telstra also have data packs, but they haven't made a big deal about that lately. So what can you get? I mean, what do these new plans mean? I've listed every single plan from every single major telco on the website, eftm.com.au. If you want to buy it outright, you're looking at between 529 for the old 4S, 739 for the 5C, 869 for the 5S, and right up to this 5S at 64 gig for 1129. On a plan over 24 months, <clears throat> you are paying less for the phone. There's no doubt. Or you're paying the right amount for the phone and you're paying less than that plan would normally cost under that carrier. Now, given that these are not special iPhone plans, they are actually just normal plans with an iPhone attached to them, that is a good way to think about it. But my question continues to be, if you can afford the phone outright, why lock yourself into a contract? I just I just fear that it's, a, it's not a wise move. If you can afford the phone, buy it. Find a plan to suit. Um, it, it won't be the end of the world. But if you are going to get on a plan and you think you're going to stay on that plan for 24 months, guess what? You're better off on a plan. Because if you're not going to shop around, potentially change carriers, uh, if you're not going to look for a lower-cost pay-as-you-go style plan, and I must talk in the next few weeks about your Tango. Um, I didn't give it a lot of thought when Kogan um, disappeared and tried to offer your Tango, but I've spoken to their boss, and I, I think they've got something to offer. We'll talk about that in the weeks ahead. But if you are interested in an iPhone 5C or 5S, and you're going to go on a plan, take some time, go to eftm.com.au, have a look at every plan, decide which one's right for you, and then sign up, if so be. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how many people queue up. If you're one of the people queuing up or you've pre-ordered online, let me know, send me an email, go to the website, eftm.com.au, click on email, Trevor. It's that easy. That's all you got to do. My big buddy head's on every single page. Just got to click on my head and send me an email. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Trevor Long. Uh, eftm.com.au but if you're on the phone 1-800-157-157 Talking technology without the jargon Your Your Tech tech Life with Trevor Long Well it's time to say no to unfair excess data charges and yes to saving heaps yes to using your phone how you like yes to getting your fix of social updates it's time to say yes to an Optus My plan if you go over your data limit it automatically flexes up from as little as $5 to help keep your excess fees down Plans start at $35 with a minimum total cost of $840 over 24 months. Visit optus.com.au forward slash my plan for details. Well, you know, the big events, we love our sport here in Australia. And uh, wherever you're listening, right across Australia, thanks for your company, Your Tech Life, uh, 1-800-157-157 if you want to get in touch. But it's interesting because, you know, you often see the stories about scams and dramas around big events, tickets, and uh, and how people are getting ripped off. In fact, we did a story on A Current Affair last week about uh, people who are buying things on Gumtree, which is a great website, um, but it just doesn't have that buyer protection. You just don't know for sure. Um, and you've got to, really got to take a whole stack of extra protections um, to to understand what you're buying and be sure, and especially when it comes to ticket. Well, there's a little idea, and it's not just a little idea. This is a big deal um, operating in uh, in some 50 countries around the world, and it's called Viagogo or Viagogo. I think my next guest would call it uh, Eric Baker, the CEO and founder. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Good, good, Trevor. Thanks for having me. Th- that would be the accent coming on there. It's a, we'd, we'd say via go-go, some would say via go-go, you say tomato, we say tomato, whatever. <laughs> That's right. Either way, either way. It's good It's good either way as long as you uh, buy your ticket safe and secure, we're okay. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about the premise of, of this. How did it come about uh, and, and what's the operation like today? Sure. So 
I'm, I myself am a passion event goer. And years ago, my girlfriend wanted to go see a show called The Lion King um, in, in New York on Broadway at the time. It was the hot show. And it was sold out. And I had to go and deal with uh, scalpers and some, some folks and, you know, try and secure some tickets. And it was a whole ordeal and difficult to do. And, you know, luckily the tickets ended up being authentic. But mm. it really got me thinking, well, gosh, there's got to be a better way. Why not create a marketplace that's sort of ticket-specific on the Internet to let buyers and sellers transact directly and to do it in a safe, secure way. So the whole premise of Viagogo is that instead of people having to buy tickets in the secondary market out on the street from a scalper or to take a chance on an eBay or a Gumtree, mm. which, as you say, are, are wonderful businesses. They work well if you want to buy a table or a bicycle because at least if you buy a table or a bicycle and it's the wrong color or it's chipped, you can go try and rectify it down the line. But yep. if you want to go see that one once-in-a-lifetime experience for Bruce Springsteen or the AFL grand final, you have to get your ticket on time. Mm. And so that's really the premise of what we did, and, and we make sure that if you're a buyer on Viagogo, you're going to get the ticket on time, guaranteed to go. Um, and I can explain a little bit about how mm. that actually happens. Because, okay, so I'm uh, let's put me first in, in the in the seat of someone who bought a ticket to see, uh, let's say, Billy Joel. I'm not a, not a Springsteen fan, so I'll go Billy Joel. And uh, you know what? Um, the kids are sick. And, and I just can't go, and uh, I'm going to put it up on, on, on a site to sell. Uh, assuming it's all legal, what I'm doing, because that's a whole other ballgame I don't quite understand here in Australia, but how, what do I do on, on Viagogo? What, what, how do I authenticate the fact that I really have a ticket to, to an event and, and where the seat is, for example? Sure. So, so great question. That's a great example. So let's say you bought, you bought some tickets for Billy the Piano Man. Um, you got some problems at home, can't make it. you got to sell the ticket. So... Here's how it works. First of all, once you buy something, it's yours. So the good news is it's yours to do with what you wish. You're, mm -hmm. you're able to sell it. You log on to Viagogo, and you basically put the tickets up for sale. Now, let me explain what happens, which is a little bit the things that are different about Viagogo than going to a Gumtree or an eBay or a street corner. Mm -hmm. We register you. We register you with your credit card as a seller. You then post the tickets up for sale for whatever you want for your two tickets. The listings go up. Now, we have it set up so that a buyer comes into the website, sees your listings with other listings, um, the price you're asking, and then determines what they want to buy. And so let's say they pick Trevor's two listings for Billy Joel. Mm -hmm. Now, at that point, unlike, again, on, on a gum tree where maybe you and the person would have to talk on the phone or yep. text or email, meet at the pub, I'll wear a red hat, bring a bag of cash, <laughs> you, you shoot a flare in the air, we're all going to yeah. hope it, it doesn't end in tears. Um, what we do is we take care of everything from there. Right. So you as the seller, Trevor, get an email saying your ticket sold for what you wanted, and they always go a registered delivery, a trackable delivery service, so it's through a courier service, registered mail, UPS, we get mm -hmm. you the label. You send the tickets. We track it every step of the way. The buyer gets the tickets in the pouch. Buyer goes to the event, and after uh, the buyer goes to the event with no problem, you get paid. Now, let's take that example, and let's pretend. Of course, you would never do this, Trevor, because no. we know you would actually send the tickets, but let's pretend it's not you, but it's, it's somebody not quite as honorable as yourself, who's okay. trying to run a scam. Yep. And let's say in the pouch, through the mail, they put some uh, toilet paper in the pouch, or they mm -hmm. just don't even deliver the pouch at all, yep. and they just say, ha-ha. First thing, as I said, is they're not going to get paid, so that's great, that's a deterrent. But the second thing is the buyer, what we do is we say, okay, if that happened, we, Viagogo, are going to get two comparable replacement tickets for the buyer, and we will charge the seller's credit card for any difference to go out and get those tickets. Whoa, so, really? So, so yeah. if someone bid a hundred bucks for my Billy Joel tickets and I don't deliver them, um, you're gonna if you if you pick up the tickets and let's say you you have to you have to pay one hundred and fifty to get two tickets, uh, you'll actually charge my credit card, the bloke that scammed them, 
for the the cost of the ticket that you couldn't recover, the 50 bucks, for example. For the 50 bucks, that's exactly right. And it's for that very reason. So obviously the buyer in this case gets the tickets, gets to go see Billy Joel, it's what they care about. The seller obviously is penalized. Now, here's the interesting thing, Trevor. We we sell, as as you mentioned, we're in 50 countries, we've been doing this for years, we sell hundreds of millions of dollars of tickets annually with these transactions. The reason that it is rare that we have to go in and do that and enforce it is because think about it. If you were a scam artist and you wanted to scam someone on the Billy Joel tickets, Mm. you probably wouldn't use our service. You would go to a gum tree or a street corner or something like this. And so that's what it's all about, the safety and security. So the buyer gets the tickets. And by the way, the seller wants to know they're going to get paid. So the other part of these transactions where scams go on is sometimes people claim they're going to send the money or they give you a check that bounces. You don't have to worry. Just do what you were supposed to do. Seller gets paid. Buyer goes to the event. Um, and everyone can enjoy the piano man. How does how do you verify that they uh, went to the event? Uh, do they have to log back on and say, "Yep, it was cool"? So, or is there a time limit? If they don't say it was a it was a problem, but the, the seller just gets paid. How does that work? Yeah, so there's a whole um, dispute process. So you can imagine that in you know the 99.9 percent of the cases, person goes to the event. There's no problem. We don't have to hear from them again. Except sure, come, but, hopefully but in that ticket. case, in that case but, where it, where it does go smoothly, exactly. So where, where it goes smoothly, say, right? So let's say in the case where it doesn't go smoothly, right? And and that happens very rarely. So what would happen? And you come to us and you say, "My God, I have a problem with the tickets." At any point in time, at that point. So if it's before the event, what we'd ask you to do, and you said, gosh, they didn't send anything in, nothing happened, we'd say, send in if you think, you know, these tickets are no good. You know, we have a whole process to verify that the package didn't get delivered, or you send the tickets in are no good, and then we can get the replacement ones. Now, let's take the absolute worst case. Rarely happens, but this is the worst case. Somebody sent the tickets, it was sent on time, the tickets looked authentic, you went to the, the box office, and then you found out that they were fraudulent. Mm. Again, rarely happens, but we want to get it, you know, the number of times I can count on um, probably um, one or two hands, but it should never happen because it has to work every time. Yep. What we do in that case is we will go ahead and get a buyer a full refund. Mm-hmm. If there's another show on the tour, we'll try and get them to that show, but you'll, you'll definitely, in the absolute worst case like that, get your money back. The seller's certainly not going to get your cash. Yeah. So when does, so I've just I've just sold my Billy Joel tickets to uh, to, to a very respectable buyer. Um, when do I get paid? Do I get paid when they receive the envelope or do I get paid when they go to the event? So you'll get paid when they go to the event. Based, um, based so, on based on them ticking a box in an app or based on the time and date of the event? No, just on the time and day of the event. Yeah, so right. basically if we know that the show is on Wednesday, um, you know, obviously we saw the person got the package. There were no complaints when they got the package, no problems. Hmm. Wednesday passes. There was no problems. No one, no one reported anything. You're good. Your money gets released. So you know you've done some research, and it's it's pretty clear that people um, people have had problems doing this, and, and this is not something that just in the U.S. We've had the problems here. So does the research that you did pretty much justify you you launching this here in Australia? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think there were two reasons that we're really excited about coming to Australia um, for for our business. The first is that there's a huge market for people love to go to live events. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's just sort of a fact. I mean, it's not, you know, Australians are probably as if not more passionate than any other uh, population. You know, you've got more sporting teams per capita than, <laughs> than probably anywhere. Yeah. Um, and people love music. They love going to concerts. And particularly because a lot of acts that come that might be from out of town, it's a big once-in-a-lifetime occurrence because it's going to be years before they come again. So the first thing was great market, live events, passion. Of course, people on the internet, great economy. The second thing was when we looked at it is that 
Unfortunately, um, until now, Australians really didn't have the protections and the safety security that Viagogo provides. Yeah. So when we looked at the research, right now when people resell tickets, they are doing it at a pub or Gumtree or eBay. As a result, by our um, estimates, and we had Galaxy Research um, uh, do, do the surveys, about half a million Australians um, in the past year have been the victim of some sort of online scam or yeah. fraud with tickets. Yeah. And so hugely great event-going population need for our service to solve the fraud problem, and um, that's why we're here. And you're also going to link up with uh, with event organisers and some sporting clubs to uh, to bring the service directly to, uh, as a kind of ticket ticket mechanism for them and a, and a way of, you know, if you don't need your ticket, get you know, here's, here's the best way to, to on-sell it. Is that correct? That's exactly right. We're um, we're really excited. Everywhere um, in the world, we've, we've always partnered. We do marketing partnerships and other partnerships for the service with a lot of different providers. So we work with uh, football clubs in Europe like Manchester City, Chelsea, Paris Saint-Germain, Bayern Munich, uh, the ATP World Tennis Finals, French Open Roland Garros, Madonna on the music side, the Isle of Wight Festival. So that is something we do, and we're very excited that we just announced today that we've um, our first couple partnerships on the sports side are with Collingwood and Richmond in the AFL. Okay. Um, and so it's an exciting way for them to give a safe, secure way for their fans to buy and sell. Now, I should should make clear, um, Trevor, that we don't have to have partnerships to allow people no. to trade tickets. That's right. Um, so, which is great. So, right now, you can go on our website and buy for anything in Australia and internationally. But the great thing about the partnerships is it it helps these clubs build awareness for an alternative because. In the past, when people couldn't use their tickets, they'd either go to waste or there might be problems, scams, or inconvenient to resell it. And when there are problems, oftentimes that becomes a problem for the team because it's their fan, even though they didn't tell the person to go to a street corner or go to Gumtree. Mm. And so this sort of helps clean it up, helps us build awareness. And I think the other thing is what we're trying to do is really um, demonstrate uh, we're very excited about Australia. These are multi-year deals yep. um, with, with two clubs. We're not simply here on holiday for a couple of weeks. This is uh, this is a big commitment for us. Yeah. Now, the, the website is uh, Viagogo, V-I-A-G-O-G-O. Before I let you go, um, this is something I, I see a lot in the entrepreneurial space, and you're obviously a very successful businessman. You, you know, you started this concept with StubHub, uh, and and that took on this market, and then that business was sold to eBay um, before you went on to found Viagogo. How does that work? I mean... It, is it just a constantly evolving idea that can, you know, I mean, did you, did you, when you sold the business, did you have the other idea already or do you know what I mean? Because you just seem to go from strength to strength and idea to idea. Doesn't eBay look at you and go, well, couldn't you have sold us that idea as well? <laughs> well, you know, it, it is interesting, Trevor. Um, I, you know, I started StubHub with my partner back in 2000 and we built up the business and I actually had some differences with my business partner um, about a year and a half before eBay bought the business. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, I owned all my stock, which was nice, so I got a benefit from the sale, but was really already on my own. And I originally thought I might travel the world, uh, take a little break, but I was first going to go to Europe, and uh, I was saying, oh, maybe I should buy some tickets. I wonder if there's a stub hub in Europe, and lo and behold, there wasn't. So the first step was to bring uh, secondary ticketing in Europe with Viagogo. And then really what has been amazing is just that um, I guess it's been a blessing that we've been able to really take the international market opportunity and expand internationally, whereas, um, you know, StubHub has really been uh, U.S. domestic. Um, And I think that, look, I'm, as you can tell from my accent, I'm uh, proudly from the States, but uh, one of the things about Americans is that sometimes one of the um, uh, the handicaps is they don't think very internationally, and they can become very myopic and just think that from California to Florida is the entire world. So, um, (laughs) you know, it's been my opportunity that I think, 
international expansion for StubHub has been going from um, the United States to Canada. Um, <laughs> well, that's a big is, deal. It's a big uh, border. That, it's a, it is a big it is a big border. It is the U.S.'s most important neighbor to the north. But um, nonetheless, I think uh, look, that's why it, we get the question a lot. I think we're fortunate that we're coming into Australia and some of these other markets where people say this sounds like a great idea. I wonder why. Um, you know, other people didn't come in or eBay didn't mm. come in before, and yep. we're just thankful that they haven't. Well, they didn't, and you are. You're across 50 countries and, and growing, I expect, and uh, we look forward to seeing the success of Viagogo here in Australia. Uh, Eric, thanks for the chat, mate, and good luck with it. Hey, thank you, Trevor. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. So Samsung today got a uh, bunch of journos around a few tables at a fancy pants restaurant. Um, I didn't need a thing. Um, too fancy for me, but we got to have a look at the new Galaxy Note 3 and the Galaxy Gear Watch. Now, the Galaxy Note 3 is just a big phablet, massive phone. If you're into a big screen, you want the touch pen, very cool features um, and a real multitasking device, something that uh, I think is going to be a bit more prolific in the Android market, which will set it, set it well aside from iPhone. But the Galaxy Note 3 will be available on October the 3rd. It'll be $999 outright. So, you know, it's like the cost of an iPhone. Let's not kid ourselves. And um, available, all the, all the telcos have released plans for it, if that's what you're into. I guess a little bit more exciting and kind of taking the shine. Oh, by the way, it comes in pink, if you like, pink. Um, the Galaxy Gear Watch. It's very cool. I've got to say, I was a little bit impressed. Because I've got a lot of watches. I write about watches at EFTM. And a ca- good Casio, I'm wearing a Casio G-Shock. I think it's a GA1004A. Um, if you must know, very orange thing. It's a $499 retail. Um, the Balcell that I wrote about recently, beautiful watch. You know, five $600. Uh, a good high-end Casio edifice. You know, several hundred dollars. So watches aren't cheap. So when Samsung announced 369 for the Galaxy Gear watch, I thought, well, that's not bad. This is a touchscreen watch. Works as a pedometer. Interacts with all your applications. Um, you can actually control it from your phone. You can read your messages on the phone. You can take photos from the watch. You can make phone calls from the watch. It's pretty good. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, I actually think 369 ain't ain't a bad price outright. So I think this will actually sell quite well. Um, you'll also find the telcos, I know Vodafone are offering it in a bundle with the Galaxy Note. It'll only work with the Note 3 straight away, but by Christmas, if you've got a Galaxy S4 and a few other devices on the Galaxy range, it'll also be supported there, so you can actually interact with the watch via your phone. Very cool stuff. Uh, the Samsung Galaxy Note 3 and the Samsung Galaxy... Oh, sorry. Yeah, the Samsung Galaxy Gear, which is a watch, a smartwatch, very smart watch, but it doesn't operate on its own. You still have to be a little bit smart to work it. Um, I'll um, bring you photos and things when I've got one to play with uh, in a longer period, and um, we'll review it fully then. You can get in touch, 1-800-157-157. And thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading Your Tech Life, yourtechlife.com, the place to go, or 1-800-157-157. Let's go back to calls. G'day, George. Yeah, Trevor. Hi, how's it going? Good, mate. What can I do for you? Well, uh, just a bit of a query on whether or not the iPhone 5S mm. is worth getting. Oh, the question of the week, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. I guess it depends... On, on a lot of factors, but let's start with the first one. What have you got now? Okay, I've got the iPhone 4S. Yeah, okay. 
Um, so bottom line, you're only kind of a year behind at the moment. The 4S okay. is still a, a great phone. Um, doesn't have the same screen size. They've got that slightly taller screen on the on the 5 and 5S and 5C. I don't think it's, it's that's in itself a reason to upgrade. But mm-hmm. it is a lot faster. So processing and a lot. How many apps do you use? Do you use a lot of apps? Yeah, I've got about 20, oh, about 20 to 30 apps on the iPhone so far. So a lot of them, I think this is one of the main benefits of the iPhone 5S is is that kind of brains of it. It's kind of the inside that you don't see, and it's it's got this new processor that'll do things faster and all that kind of jazz. But I think what'll happen is apps will be built, and, and things will happen, and it's going to be disappointing for people who don't have the 5S over the next year because there'll be an app come out that says, you know, it's only compatible with the 5S because it does certain things. So the phone's going to allow, for example, a really big growth in fitness apps, and it'll allow a constant tracking of, for, for example, steps. Um, so there's going to be some features of it that will really impress. Um, do you own the phone outright at the moment? Um, no. Or you're on a contract? I'm on a contract. Two should be finishing in and My contract's finishing in October. How do you feel about your current contract? What are you paying? I'm paying that seventy nine bucks with Optus. Thirty nine or seventy nine? Seventy nine. Seventy nine, right? Okay. And I'm looking at changing because if the iPhone five S is a four G compatible, mm-hmm. which it, which it will be, it is. Yes. I don't really see the point in going on a four G phone when you don't have four G coverage. Oh, correct. Yeah. Oh, why not? You don't have four G coverage now, or no, no. Where do you live? Uh, I'm in the bank area. And there's no 4G there? No, not yet. Really? Not, but not how do you know that? How do you know? Because I've asked Optus, and they've okay. said it's unavailable until June 2014. Okay. So that is, a, that is a fair way off, and it's not like, what about where you work or where you spend most of your time? Hmm. See, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't care for 4G right now. I'm sure I will in the future, and I think yeah. it is amazing. I've done some speed tests over the, over, over the recent years, uh, months, sorry, and it is unbelievable the speed you get with this 4G, but... I just don't know that it's we need it right now. But I would say to you, okay, so let's let's ignore the four G. Um, it's going to be hard to convince you to upgrade then because four G is a big deal. Um, yeah. It's it is a little bit thinner and lighter. Um, have you held an iPhone five in your hand? Yes, I have, and what it's a think? lighter phone. It's yeah. a lighter phone. Um, the fingerprint sensor is an is an interesting feature that I'm sort of. Not looking at, but it's a good feature. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, obviously, with uh, when you can't see, it's going to be an issue because of accessibility features. But that should be fun to find out. No, I think um, I think it will be okay because Apple has always been very good at their accessibility. You know, the the voice prompts and and stuff that happen on screen. Mm. I think that'll be fine. You obviously want to stay with Optus. No, I'm probably oh. looking at moving, moving to probably going up to, to Telstra. What and why is that? What's behind that motivation? Probably because of uh, of their coverage, regardless whether it's 4G or not, mm. I find that their coverage is better in some areas. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, um, and yeah. and uh, do you know which size phone you want, 16, 32, or 64 gig? Uh, look, originally I was looking at 64, yeah. but then, I, but then I said no, there'd be a bit of a cost to that, so I probably might stay with the 32. So the 32, I'm looking at uh, what I've done on the website, eftm.com.au, and I'll read them out for you, a couple of them. I've listed all the plans by different things, and so you can sort it by actual handset. So the 5S, for example, uh, the 32-gig model, um, you can get with Optus on a on a 24-month plan for uh, $67 a month, $74 a month. 
Mm. Um, so that's you know comparable to what you're playing now, and that includes the handset. That's that's the whole bundle. And they say to me now, Optus, that they bill in that they actually do it in increments, like in minutes. Minutes, like, right? So the so the sixty-seven dollar plan, it's two hundred minutes of calls, mm. but it's only two hundred meg of data. <laughs> yeah, the How eight dollar plan, the eight dollar plans about a gig, I think. Yeah, so the Optus have a, a one gig plan at seventy nine dollars with with an iPhone five S thirty two gig. It's got a, a gig of data and six hundred minutes of calls. Mm. So seventy nine dollar plan, the one you're on now. Yeah. I, I think a gig, gig of data is is great um, oh, if, yeah, if you know your usage. Yeah. Uh, six hundred minutes is a bucket load. Yeah. Um, my, my main concern or advice for people is actually to check what you need. Uh, how much data do you need? Because the thing about all these plans is especially Vodafone and Optus, I would say specifically, if you go on a plan that's lower, so let's say you were on the um, $74 plan with Optus, only 500 meg of data, um, you can get a th- uh, the extra data by just paying an extra $5. So you don't have, you can be on the lower plan and just use the data when you need it. Yes. So you're better off signing up at a lower rate and then bumping up during the months. And that's what Optus and Vodafone have done very well. They've, they've made it easy to bump up month to month. So... Yes. Um, worth checking that out, um, well, I would well. say. No worries. So, look, you know, to be honest, I think the 4S is still a great phone, but I think that, that you're, you, you, know, you will be two years behind. You may be frustrated by some features that come out in some apps, um, but then you may be frustrated in a year from now, like other people will be, that the 6 comes out and it's something radical. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's one of life's big problems, isn't it, George? Exactly, and exactly. I Look, it doesn't matter in which direction I go. I, I, I'll always have the S. I'm the end of the phone anyway. You know what? Just um, do this for me. Don't look over your shoulder. Just get what you want. Get what you think's a good plan. Don't look backwards at what other phones come out and all that kind of thing. Just worry about yourself and yep. worry about your monthly plan and make sure that you're not spending too much. That's my biggest concern for people. You shouldn't spend too much because you can the, these plans. So, for example, you know a plan that has 600 minutes worth of calls in it. You you, literally, you are committing to 600 minutes worth of calls. If you don't need 600 minutes, you might be better off going down one and paying more for data. So just exactly. think about it month to month and make sure you don't lock yourself in at the higher rate. Cool. No worries, Trip. Thanks very much. All right, George. Thanks uh, very much for getting in touch, mate. Okay, cheers, buddy. Cheers. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, uh, eftm.com.au, or you can call 1-800-157-157. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. And we do it each and every week here on Your Tech Life. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, garmin.com.au for more information. And uh, I noticed when I went there today that they're making a big deal out of their new HD action camera. Have you ever thought... What if there was a HD action camera without the limits of the other cameras? A camera that films smarter, longer, and maybe would tell you a better story. Well, meet Verb, V-I-R-B, a true HD 1080p action camera with a built-in chroma display, up to three-hour battery, and a rugged, waterproof design. Easily film exactly what you see. Uh, it's got a micro SD card slot, so you can put 64-gig card in there, which would give you seven hours of 1080p. Uh, a best-in-class 2,000 milliamp rechargeable lithium-ion battery lasting up to three hours. And I can tell you, that's a lot more than the um, the competitors. Uh, it's rugged. It's waterproof. It's, it's even aerodynamic and built to survive those uh, bumps and drops and hits in the air, on the land, or in the water uh, for up to 30 minutes at a depth of one metre. So um, you can have a, an optional dive case, which will protect you up to 50 metres. And there is a screen on the back, a 1.4-inch high-res colour display shows you exactly what you're filming. Again, something you don't get with the other action cameras on the market. The Verb is designed to withstand every adventure. Misadventure, 
Double Dog Dare, near miss, epic feat, and moments of glory on the field or on the trail or in your backyard. And it'll get back up and do it again. You can check it out at garmin.com.au. Yeah, and you're listening to Your Tech Life right across Australia, 1-800-157-157. Get in touch or you can go to the website, yourtechlife.com. Now, um, you know, we talk a lot about internet security and uh, we've talked about um, different ways you could uh, have your identity stolen perhaps or different threats to your computer. And one of the things that's, I guess, an emerging threat, if you want to look at that way, but more importantly, a really challenging area is social media. And uh, Trend Micro, I've done a little bit of research into how we're approaching social media and uh, and trying to, uh, they've actually also got a very good product, which is actually helping you overcome the complexities of privacy online. And Greg Ball from Trend Micro is on the line. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Hey, Trevor. Great. Thanks for having me on. Mate, you, um, I mean, it's always good to, to do a study for a couple of reasons. One, because you get a bit of a, a bit of a pulse of the, of the nation. You can also, there's normally a couple of things that kind of jump out at you. And I guess one of the, this is no surprise to me, but quite interesting, 22% of people you spoke to um, posted something on Facebook they later regretted or removed. Yeah, lucky I'm not one of them, so that's good. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think people are, are being a lot more free in the information and, and things are moving a lot quicker now. So uh, people don't sort of take a step back before they do something. And mm. um, yeah, what, what, what does there, that mean? What does that mean, though? I mean, uh, what, what, let's put some context around this. So you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram or something. I mean, why is it important to think twice? Why is it important to you know have a second thought about whether or not you should be posting that item? Uh, I, I think the the biggest thing is because the the technology is so pervasive and and you've got you know, you've got people looking at that that or a you know depending on how you set your privacy settings it may be your friends it may be mm. your close friends it may be friends of friends it may be the general public which is employers it, um, schools yeah you know you, it, you call in sick one day and you go to a party um, and all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden there's photos on there about with you at the party and your boss sees it. So If you bought Grand Theft Auto at midnight the other night, then yeah. not a good idea to post a photo on Facebook that you're playing it during the day if you called in sick the next day. Correct. <laughs> um, you know, the, 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 the most startling things, I guess, possibly out of it, because we're talking about 31% at Google+, Plus, but more importantly, 38% of Twitter users have never updated their privacy settings. Yeah. Look, I think a lot of people on Facebook... Um, it gets yeah, a lot more attention, sort of Facebook, there, doesn't it? Twitter and Twitter and Google Plus. I think people are a bit more complacent or aren't as familiar with it, and therefore just don't go in and do it. Do you reckon people should Google themselves more to realise how how pervasive it is? I mean, Absolutely. it's a very anal thing and a very egotistical thing to Google yourself. But when you Google yourself, you actually find out what the internet knows about you, and that big database that is Google or Bing, whatever it is, yep. if it's gathering information about you, then that's information that anyone can use, whether it's a cyber criminal or just someone who's trying to look up your life. Very interesting, really. Yeah, and, and, and that's, and that's Google, the tip. Google image search as well is, is, is a great one. It's not just the text links, but if, if you go into a Google image search and, and type in your name, um, you can you can quickly discover the, the kind of images that are out there about you. <laughs> um, the, the thing about, um, I guess, antivirus, and I've talked to different companies about this, it used to be that we had to encourage people to put antivirus on their computer. And, and over the last 10 years, we've, I think we've won that battle. I think people know they have to have something on their computer, which is a big deal because it costs money, and people have accepted, uh, for the most part, they need that. But it's really now an educa- education about the next level, isn't it? And I guess we've been talking in the past about internet security, and what you're looking at now is taking it to the next level of trying to actually 
not just put up a barrier and a firewall and, and helping people be protected, but also helping them outwardly. So looking at like password managers and privacy setting managers. So talk me about, I think it's called Titanium, the new product, because you're actually trying to use that product to help people manage their passwords, which is you know a big deal because a lot of people have a lot of passwords. Yeah, so we've just launched the you know the 2014 range of Trend Micro Titanium, and there's a few different versions of the Titanium security product um, that people can can go out and purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big focus for us this year is is around privacy and and password management. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we've been in the market or in the business for 25 years of protecting people from antivirus and spam. Yep. Uh, from from dangerous websites, etc., and you know some of the research points out, you know, people's focus is really, or should be more focused on their privacy. You know, a lot of viruses and, and phishing and spam attempts are, are trying to gather the information mm. that that can lead to privacy invasions. So mm. it may be bank accounts, uh, it may be identity identity theft, etc., credit card details, things like that. Mm. Um, and we're really taking it the, the next step in terms of social media awareness and, and privacy and, and, and helping people protect themselves and look after their, their online identity. So how, how do you do that? Because I do that by telling people to do it. I say, don't don't waste time. Yep. Find 20 minutes in your life and actually just click on the privacy settings and go through them. But it's actually bloody hard. I mean, there's a lot of settings there, isn't there? There are a lot of settings, and it's not always extremely clear in terms of the terminology used. Yep. Um, particularly for new users, uh, I think you know one of the, the big things that, that used to be we used to talk about the digital divide. And we used to talk about people that have technology and don't have technology. Mm. I think it's it's now the digital divide has sort of become those that know how to use it and those that don't know how to use it mm. because everyone pretty much has access to it. Uh, and so what we do is we go through and we have a look at those privacy settings um, in Facebook, in Twitter, in Google Plus now, yeah. and we have a look at the settings that you've got. Yeah. And then we show you the risks and how you should be having your settings set to better protect your private information. So you actually look at the, the current settings that I have on my Facebook or Google Plus or Twitter and, and then you say, um, you know, this is, what, this is what the risks are and, you know, you actually offer a couple of options and buttons to change those settings without having to navigate the, the minefield that is the actual website settings. Absolutely correct. Ah, very cool. Yeah, and so, and what that does, it changes it in your profile on the social network so that no matter what device you then connect through um, to access it, so whether it's your phone or your tablet mm-hmm. or, or your computer or your friend's computer, etc., um, those privacy settings are still intact. So right. it's not just the computer that you've got Titanium installed on, uh, it's it's on your profile now. Yeah, right. And just quickly before I let you go, the, the mobile side of things, because you mentioned it there, you know, in terms of moving across... You know, we are using Facebook and, and we are using email and we are using Instagram on our mobile phones more than ever before. Um, how important is the is the mobile side of things in terms of keeping your privacy protected as well? Uh, so very, very important. I mean, as you say, everyone's sort of accessing while they're on the go. Facebook have got you know, over 1.1 billion users and 750,000 or something, 750 million of them are, are using it on their mobile device. Mm. Uh, so part of our privacy protection for Facebook is include the mobile app where it'll go in and check your settings from your from your mobile device mm-hmm. and allow you to make those changes as well. And right. people need to be aware, especially you know, using Facebook because on, on the mobile device it's so quick. You, know, you go in yeah. and you post information. It's done. It's up there as well. Um, tracks your location and posts where you are. So you need to be careful about where you share. So we're making that a lot easier for people as well. Mm. 
you know, but, but it's not just about privacy on mobile devices. You've also got security, particularly on Android. Uh, you know, we're tracking almost a million, by the end of this year, there'll be almost a million malicious apps out there wow. that people are downloading, trying to sign you up for expensive SMS services, track your location, um, potentially steal banking information because people are doing mobile banking, um, hacking into your device, etc. So there's a, there are a lot of risks out there, and because there are so many people using their mobile devices for, for banking and, and purchasing and, and a lot of information on there, the cyber criminals are also following that trend and are now targeting that with malicious apps, etc. So part of the titanium range in the, in the maximum security suite includes mobile security right. um, to help protect your Android device as well. Yeah. So if you've got an Android phone, um, you, you need to consider a, a, an internet security product uh, like your maximum security tr- and, and the, in the titanium range that actually covers not just your computer but your mobile phone as well. And it's not not scaremongering. It's just really important that, that you can you can enjoy. Uh, Android apps are so easy to get and they're great, but it's that easy thing to get suckered into something that actually is malicious. And while that isn't the case on other operating systems, it very much is today on Android, and that's that's the risk that we want to avoid because, as we kind of always <laughs> say, Greg, the criminals are always one step ahead, aren't they? <laughs> That's our problem. Well, well, they try to be Trevor. Ah, so. <laughs> you're trying to keep up in step with them. We're, we're trying to stay ahead of them, yes. All right, well, good luck and uh, thanks for the info. Very interesting. I mean, you know, I, I guess I need to look back through my Facebook to see if there's anything I regret. I try not to delete things because, hey, it's done, it's done. But um, you're right, you've got to take a second look at what you're doing and uh, you need to consider your personal um, identity security, not just your computer and viruses. And you can do that with Trend Micro. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for the chat. Thanks very much, Trevor. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading wherever you are. Episode 206 is in the can. If you want to get in touch, because that's what I need. I need to hear from you. If you've got a question or a problem or anything about technology, go to the website, eftm.com.au. Click on email, Trevor Long. That is me. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long is my username. If you haven't joined Twitter, please do so. It's easy. Twitter.com, sign up, and then look for me, twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. But there's lots of other people to, to follow. Politics, maybe. Sport, yeah. Music, cool. Food, there's a lot to do on Twitter. Um, this is where you can find news and information relevant to you, customised for you, and you might even interact with people that you, um, that you love watching on TV or on the radio, whatever it is. It's a real great little atmosphere there, and I encourage you to give it a try. Um, I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. You can uh, subscribe to my public updates there at Facebook, but um, I think I love Twitter a little bit more. Uh, twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you to Optus, My Plan, and Garmin. Uh, support the people that support your tech life, please. Uh, you can keep in touch with me. Go to the website eftm.com.au or call 1 157 157. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading wherever you are. Episode 206 is in the can. If you want to get in touch, because that's what I need. I need to hear from you. If you've got a question or a problem or anything about technology, go to the website eftm.com.au. Click on email, Trevor Long. That is me. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long is my username. If you haven't joined Twitter, please do so. It's easy. Twitter.com. Sign up and then look for me, twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. But there's lots of other people to, to follow. Politics, maybe. Sport, yeah. Music, cool. Food, there's a lot to do on Twitter. Um, This is where you can find news and information relevant to you, customised for you, and you might even interact with people that you um, you love watching on TV or on the radio, whatever it is. 
It's a real great little atmosphere there, and I encourage you to give it a try. Um, I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. You can uh, subscribe to my public updates there at Facebook, but um, I think I love Twitter a little bit more. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you to Optus, My Plan, and Garmin. Uh, support the people that support your tech life, please. Uh, you can keep in touch with me. Go to the website eftm.com.au or call 1 800 157 157.